Thank you, gents, for coming out today. We're here for Relining Your Financial Journey 2020 Mastermind, Evergrowth Mastermind. Yay. Uh, and we first had this topic one year ago today, and it came after a few you know, financial topics that kind of kick-started, and this topic came at the end of it as a way of each of us looking at how we're approaching finances, what that looks like for our future, uh, especially protecting in our future retirement, what that looks like. Um, so the questions we have for today are, what's gone wrong with your investments or you know, debt repayment, whatever it is that you're focused on with finances, what you've been struggling with, uh, what is working for you right now with finances and balancing all of those things, and then how can you diversify further to protect your future? Basically, what route are you looking to change and how to keep moving in a better direction. And the quote for today is uh, a new one, not the same as we had last year. I think it was a lovely Warren Buffett quote. Warren Buffett, yes. Most likely. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This time around, I chose one that's a little more open-minded, and it's from uh, Suze Omen, and it's, we tend to focus on assets and forget about debts. Financial security requires facing up to the big picture. Assets minus debts. So, well, yeah. you know, as far as realigning your financial journey, I thought that spoke volumes to making sure that, you know, are you going in a direction where you're thinking about the balance of debts versus assets and what are you comfortable with and focusing on and how, how you want to address that. Right. So, in the room, we have Cornell, Alex, Steve, and myself, Sean. So, uh, kick things off with uh, Mr. What, what, what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, Happy New Year. And uh, fellas, and, and, and I trust it was a, a good break. Just felt like saying that. Um, <clears throat> and in that vein, looking at my physical fitness, shall we say? I like this, sir. Yes. <laughs> So the yes. first question again, so we yes. focus was, what's gone wrong with your investments? What's gone wrong? Your Donald Trump <laughs> has gone wrong with my investments. Uh, and I'm just, uh, I, I'm just saying that for like the first half of the year. So 2019, uh, you know, there was just this whole argument going on back and forth between um, the U.S. and China, and then clearly the Brexit situation. Europe was in disarray. And so your, uh, my world of, of uh, for finances, I, I put all my investments in diversified funds that go around the world, um, you know, emerging markets and stuff like that. So they were impacted first half of the year, shall we say. However, by the end of the year, uh, most of my, like, let's say retirement type stuff, uh, mutual funds and, you know, and so forth, those actually came back with a pretty good return. I came back with a 15% return. So it was a big year. And then if you look at Wall Street, they, they're saying the same type of thing. First half of the year was kind of funny. Second half of the year just took off. And uh, unfortunately, the situation with Iran right now is going to impact stocks again and so forth. But we'll see how it plays out. So what went wrong was, uh, you know, Mr. Man at the beginning of the year, but I learned how to um, drop some of the uh, more volatile uh, growth stocks that I was in. 
and move into something a little bit more stable um, to create, uh, to, to basically cut my losses before they got worse. Because other than that, I would have been carrying thousands of, of uh, dollars in stocks that, like thousands of dollars worth of loss if I didn't just cut bait at that point. Um, but it was a matter of reevaluating. And we had this talk last year, so I consistently really reevaluate where uh, my investments are to mitigate the losses. So I did take a hit. Not too, too bad, though. Not too, too bad. And just to take it beyond the question of investments, like your personal finances and like personal finances uh, uh, are are in good tick. Oddly enough, went to I, I try to go to the bank at least two or three times a year. This year I went uh, three times to just make sure that my debts, like my mortgage and all that kind of stuff, are nicely in line. Actually, this year my mortgage is up, so I got to go and rejig it and all that kind of stuff. And they said that, uh, yeah. I'm in good. Uh, I'm in good health, fiscal health. I'm in good fiscal health, and uh, yeah, I can't complain. That uh, mortgage is is in line, line of credits in line, credit cards in line, everything is in line, and credit score is looking good. I should go to Alex and buy a condominium. What's, what's, uh, <laughs> I should go and buy a whole building. Oh, you know when people say credit score is good, what, what's your credit score? Eight hundred. Oh, that's good. That's, that's definitely good. Okay, and um, what bank are you with? Like, I'm just curious. Scotiabank. Scotia. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, why not uh, TD or RBC? I don't know, but that's not the question. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious because yeah, like, we're here, we're we, we, we exploring, and like, because I find, again, like, lots of men probably who's not, who are not here, who might be listening to this, yeah. and be saying, like, okay, well, what am I doing? Like, you know, like, I had terrible experience with Scotia. I don't know why. Yeah, I had a terrible experience with TD. Um, I initially used to go to Royal Bank. My dad put me into Royal Bank. And I was just like, uh, I, I rebelled and said, I don't want to be at my dad's bank. So there was really no reason to be there. Uh, CIBC just had way too many fees. My mom oh, used to work CIBC, there. CIBC they had a stupid amount of fees. Bad experience. Yeah, yeah bad experience there. So uh, Scotiabank is where I landed. And then, oddly enough, because of the fact that I live in the entertainment world as well, Scotiabank sponsors, like, damn near everything. They sponsor my family for Caravana. So I decided to stick with Scotiabank. Good. So they, they know your, you know, your priorities. And they yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought Scotiabank stocks, everything. Yeah. Like, I literally... They, they've been pretty good. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. They did all right. Yeah. They didn't do uh, they fantastic, didn't do good, but, but, I mean... Uh, at one point this year, they were at like $68, but now they've bounced back. They're back at about $74 a share, so hmm. pretty good. And uh, have, like, I don't want to go around, like I'm just curious, like since we're talking about banking, have you tried any uh, online banking solutions? Like, you know, like Tangerine right now is like, they have like a bad account where it's like zero fees, like and all that kind of thing. No, I haven't. Have you? Yeah. yeah? Nice. I'm just, uh, I'm, yeah, I got, I got into that like last year and like, over November-ish, mm-hmm. and like, I was like, wow, why, why have been paying those fees? Like, okay, like, so, so before we go there, yeah. question was, yeah, what, yeah, what, uh, what's gone wrong? Um, for me, oh god, this year, um, it's been an interesting year in the sense, um, I think from real estate perspective, 
like where most of the assets it was a good year like the real estate went crazy especially in the city of toronto like like where we were and where we're going and where we're hitting I better think. than last year yeah definitely better than 2018 sir um yeah definitely uh, i think it was kind of a little bit weird year in the sense of like uh like looking at transactions specifically in real estate market it's been it's been like really tough year and like, ironically we're sitting like in, you know in real estate office where i can tell you most of the people in the office would say it was a shitty year well, I heard inventory went down. Yeah, inventory went down. By like think, 8%. Well, there are like a bunch of things which happened last mm. year. Like they changed like um, uh, mortgage and financing regulation like two, three times. Yes. Right? So which kind of limited like the capacity of the buyers. And obviously that's kind of like went back. And, you know, we know on the political level, like yep. uh, the premier who was fighting like we need, everybody's talking about affordable housing. But. Nobody actually doing it. No, <laughs> like, you know, it's like the prices are going up. Like, like it or not, like it, it, you know, the houses which were sold last year for one million this year was sold like for one point four, one point five. That's right. Right. So like it was like we we've noticed beginning of the year was like really slow down and lots of residential houses they went to shit. Like, Average then, property value is now at five hundred and thirty thousand. No, again, depends where. Like right. So like if we're looking in the city of Toronto, you nine hundred. Like no, I mean Canada wide. I like I don't look at Canada. It's like you know, it's like look at broad and say all people. Like you know, I was like, who cares about all people? Like if you live in Canada, let's talk about Canadians. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, like we cannot talk about all Canadians. Let's talk about people who live in Toronto or people who live in British Columbia or or Montreal, right? So two different things, like income levels, like uh, vacancy levels, lifestyles, and like it's completely different, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, that's in terms of um, real estate, uh, um, real estate assets. Um, I find like um, this year was interesting because I, I still play uh, like something aligned with my um, lifestyle. I like to invest in uh, startups, and um, I exited from some, and uh, I got into new um, uh, startups and. Um, my focus was specifically before it was like oh whatever is like helping creating communities so this year was like specifically focused on um, how this could be aligned to what I what I do um, and creating real estate communities so like investing in like uh, companies which were helping with like new type of constructions like you know modular constructions or like some other stuff and it's been really, really exciting and good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the adjustment. Like definitely, I can see the difference on my own health and the financial health. Mm -hmm. um, what went wrong? Um, I, um, I really, um, I guess, like emotional decisions made on the stock market. Like you know, I, I really, I think it I'm just gonna, yeah, like. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I'm trying always to diversify, mm -hmm. and that, that's parts of like why I like the startups and other businesses. Because like, if I'm handling real estate, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like you know, it's like Warren Buffett, all those smart guys. They say, at some point in your life, you'll see your assets like rebounds like two, three times, right? I mean, obviously, trying to be conscious of that, and uh, I'm always looking for different ways. And like, in stock market this year was like shitty for me. 
Mm -hmm. Really, yeah, like I, I don't know, either the things I, I bought or the things I was getting into, like, didn't make too much sense. Like, actually, if I'm looking across the board, like, I think the best would happen to me was like real estate and growing my like portfolio in real estate um, compared to like, let's say, stocks and like, yeah, like, like, stocks were like really bad. Hmm. Yeah. Did you if research I'm, or you said you went emotionally? I, you know what? I think. Uh, so, so, like, you bought what? To Apple be fair, stock or Nike to be stock? Fair, or? What kind of shoes are those? You bought yeah, those? Exactly. You bought that, that stock? Kohan, yeah. Kohan? Uh, no, I, I didn't invest in my shoes. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no! That's definitely. But yeah. um, I can tell you, like, probably lack of research, that definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, mask down, I think that was one of them. Like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, talking to lots of people, uh, that's a good metric. Mm -hmm. but it should be supported by research as well. Mm -hmm. I think I did a little bit of research, and again, we can argue what's what's enough, what's not enough. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I think maybe it was like just a really lack of understanding where it's all going. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I find more uh, as a, you know, to summarize all this, I think you need to create a system which is so simple to control and see, and like see through. Mm -hmm. Like, because if you can like, yourself with all these like options and like ideas like it's really difficult and that's what I experienced this year mm. like really I think I kind of went too quick to two different things um, in, in two um, too many options and uh, I found it was really hurtful first two quarters and I rebounced back to what I know mm -hmm. so which was good that, that's my year that's my answer Steve? Well, the first thing that went wrong with my finances was not being here for this talk last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. That's all right. That's all right. We'll take it. Like, seriously, I was, uh, I, was, I was excited about it, and I was scared to death. I felt very vulnerable. Um, and in the end, I found a way not to be here. I'm sure I had work or something. This time I'm here. Um, the thing that's going wrong with me is not controlling my debt, especially credit card debt. And, um, you know, we were a one income household for the first five years we we're here in Canada. Mm. I just let my credit card debt get out of hand. And I still haven't gotten it back in control. And I think what, what contributed to that was in my first marriage, we had a really good portfolio. And I let I was letting other people manage my money, and I wasn't really paying attention to it. Oh dear. Yeah. And when I separated from my first wife, I basically just walked away with. Like she's retired now. She's forty-six. She travels more than other people. Retired. She's been retired for some time. And she had a good portfolio, and she's done quite well. I walked away with nothing. I tried to get a couple of ventures going. Spent my own money. Created debt. Came here with debt, increased that debt mm. um, with some pretty average financial decisions like renting where we live, you know, for five years so that money going to someone else's mortgage, not my own. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I can argue this. Like, to be honest, like, lots of, like, if you're looking at Europe, like, 80% of 
rent, right? So, like, even that, you have lots of successful people mm-hmm. because it's so expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm coming from the culture where people would rather rent and buy a lifestyle and they would invest somewhere else. So, they kind of cover this. And, like, and I find this is like such a big myth here in North America where people say, Oh, I have to own a house. It's like, No, you have to. You, I'm you not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying that we chose an area that's very expensive. Sure. Single income home. And I make reasonable money, but I'm not using that money to invest in something. Like, you know, so I haven't I haven't gotten back into investment. I wanna invest, you know, index funds, I like Vanguard, I like Fidelity. Vanguard's good, yeah. Uh, Both of them are good. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't I haven't put my money into it yet because I'm just trapped with debt trying to recapture some, some room through, you know, getting rid of my debt. With our home, we bought our home two years ago and our goal is to pay it off in five years and we're on track for that. So every year we get the maximum down. But that comes from other investments that have to be dedicated to this. They can't be used for some other some other thing. So I guess that where I have been investing is in um, my son's future, education, life insurance. We'll have life insurance for you know, his policy. We'll, Will be a lifetime policy that he won't have to contribute to. By the time nice. What is it? Twenty years or something? You buy into um, it for twenty years and it's done. That's yeah, like ten point. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, it's less yeah. than twenty years. Yeah. And he's got a certain amount of insurance. Um, we term life insurance we use for our home, so instead of mortgage insurance, so one of us passes away. The person gets the full payout. <laughs> yeah. Which will now more than pay for what's left on our mortgage, plus have a nice chunk of money. If I pass away tomorrow, my life's good and it doesn't decrease as we pay off the house. That's right. Like mortgage insurance. So th- that's where I've been investing money. But it's now I'm at the point to where, like, I got to stop playing catch up and looking and, and allowing myself to be in debt and and like I said the major motivator is him I'm 55 so I'm not really sure I'm looking at creating income but the investments for me are long term investments for my family my son who was 14 years younger than me and uh, yeah so that's what's gone wrong with my letting debt be there and being in this kind of I don't know if this ostrich hid in the sand sort of survival mode of just trying to manage and control debt versus being proactive with generating income and, uh, and what is it, phys- physical, physical health or what do you mean? Physical health, yeah. Physical, physical health. Physical health. Physical health so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some of that's from divorce and losing finance and all that kind of stuff and just... Oh yeah, bouncing back from from uh, a divorce type situation for me, it took me uh, it took me several years, maybe seven or eight years, in order to recover from uh, the losses that you take in in that type of situation. As a as a as a as a when children are involved and all that stuff as well, the the penalties for that are are are, are pretty huge. And they take some time to recover from. 
literally took me about seven or eight years to get over that and uh, be able to move forward. And I, you know, that's the point in time in your life, in your in your early uh, late twenties, early thirties, when you're supposed to be, you know, building your uh, uh, financial health. All with you know, late twenties, early thirties, or whatever. You know, you got your stable job, you got your blah blah blah, and you start putting your money in your investments. <laughs> At that point, I wasn't doing that. I was busy trying to pay child support and pay for you know, rent at that point in time and all that kind of stuff because when I went to go and look for a mortgage or something or other, they were like, you pay what? In in child support and this? Yeah, we're, we're not giving you a mortgage or whatever. So you would consistently be in a position where you're behind the eight ball. You're never in, ahead of it. You're never in front. Uh, so it takes quite some time. Uh, what I found for me was education. So I went back to school, got higher education, and was able to get a job that boosted me, you know, $35,000 in one shot. And that is what catapulted me out of, uh, I, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, poverty, you know, beyond low income is where I was living. You know, at one point in time, I was on the street for uh, a couple of weeks. Not long, but a couple of weeks. I was living on the street. So from that to where you are now, it happens, right? So yeah, the emotional thing is the thing that that's just coming up for me now. Like financially, like I make a reasonable amount of money, but that doesn't that hasn't managed our spending as a family. Mm-hmm. And so it's disproportionate to the point where the debt just keeps <laughs> accumulating. So, and that's there's an, I think there's an emotional recovery that comes like after that divorce which I'm just in the last year or so starting to recognize that gives me courage again and points me in the right direction where it's like build, in building mode instead of survival mode. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I remember survival mode. Yeah. Right? But I, I was keeping, you know, my eye was on the prize. My eye was, uh, you know, maybe I am emotionless or cold-hearted or whatever, but I literally pulled the emotion out of the situation recognized it for what it was and said, okay, well, if this is the situation I'm in, what am I going to do to fix it? And that's when I decided to go back to school uh, quite early, right after the, uh, uh, you know, separation and figure everything out and all that. Quite early, I said, I, I, I can't continue on the path that I was on uh, if I'm going to grow. So, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Homer. All right. So, what went wrong with my investments and so forth? Um, well, 2019, I can't say a lot went wrong um, because of this talk and the talks preceding it at the end of 2018. We had, you know, the end of 2018, I pretty much had no vision of my financial future and a bit of head in the sand, right? I just wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't making a priority. And I was doing okay. We had just gotten in our house, you know, a bit earlier than that. And But there wasn't really direction or focus or definitely not a goal. And it was uh, JD in, the, I think, one of the early financial talks. And he's like, well, you know, what's your number? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't have a plan or somewhere to look towards. So at the beginning of 2019... You know, I was in the process of, okay, I sat down and I 
was realistic and started looking at where I wasn't paying attention. So, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you could say I was, you know, still failing in the sense that I hadn't solidified anything, but I was getting there and, you know, pushing for the new role that ended up happening. And, you know, so the, the thing I struggled with too, once I started in the new role and finance started picking up, it's okay, now is really kind of like a point of like, where do I go? There were so many options presented, there's so many options I could have taken, and there was a bit of, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, struggle around that in the early part of the year. And then I finally made my decision and I'm like, okay, for me, what makes the most sense in my route is that that's my first thing because every one I start to knock off is more money per month back towards the next one and then eventual savings, right? So um, I still have no investments, but I am killing off my debts, which the goal of the home is possible within five years as well. Um, and that's what I chose. You know, That's the route that I'm looking at. And while I won't have any investments outside of the equity in the home, you know, I look at that being debt-free in five years as empowering you know, with options to then all the money that is going to increase with the work and other ventures that I'm focused on, you know, it puts me in a good direction. So, again, I think I'm very fortunate because of these talks and, you know, you're here for this one, so that's what matters, man. <laughs> that, you know, taking your head out of the sand and, like, just getting clear on where it is, you know, you want to take things, like looking at your monthly budget, paying attention, one other failing that I do have, which I will admit to around this, is the personal finance side. So because I've been doing so well, I did take my uh, the regular monthly spending. And, you know, a couple extra visits to Starbucks and a couple extra eatings out. And all of a sudden, I look at the month-to-month spending and I'm like, the fuck? We went like and doubled starting like October, November, December. That happens when your salary increases, man. Your lifestyle increases when you too. stop paying attention. Though. That's right. Because we were doing well. I think it's when you stop paying attention. That's, That's right. When you stop paying right. attention. You know, when you take your eye off the ball, or you just let the money take care of itself, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I already have a monthly budget sheet, and I know exactly how much I should have in and out. And I started seeing the what's left over, and I'm just like, I'm supposed to have enough to put the savings to go to the next debt. And I'm paying off my uh, debt repayment loan, and I'm like, there's there's things out of whack here and putting my eye back on the ball. I use TD and they have a nice app, which is uh, MySpend or something mm-hmm. that's basically categorized. Yeah, I heard of this. Everything, yeah. so I'm like, I'm looking at it. It notifies me the second any money gets taken out anywhere. Yeah. So I know at any point when I'm spending money, even if it's an automated bill. So it gives me a lot of visibility, you know. And now I'm back on the budget sheet, you know. Uh, also accounting when debts are going to come off too, right? So we'll be getting into that, but yeah, exactly. So that, that was a failing that I, again, I took my eye off the ball and thinking that, you know, I, the money's there, I'm going to have these savings, I'm going to be paying stuff off, and all of a sudden spending just creeps up and it's like, oh shit, okay, we got to, we can still spend, but put that budget limit on what those groups are, and that's fine. That ensures the money for the, the debt repayment and stuff is going to be there in the timeline I want. Can I ask you, so the debt, are we talking about mortgage? That's the only debt? Uh, no. So this year I killed off uh, a line of credit that mm-hmm. I had, and I have a debt repayment loan, 
and the only other interest payments outside of that, the mortgage, is uh, my AC and furnace payments. Mm -hmm. But the debt repayment, I started and it was a good deal. So it was about $30,000 and it was like 4.5%. Now that's up to 11%. So I want to kill that, knock it off, and... Well, because Prime went up, right? So exactly. So, um... It's hopefully going to go down in the next couple months. It could, but I mean, the prime I don't have a 75. I thought Prime was at 2.75%. I don't understand how you got to 11. No, but it went, went up at some point this year. So that, that's what I mean. So I didn't oh, have Prime is 3.95%. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what and how the loan works that they bumped it up to that, but I don't have control over it. So if I can kill it off, and uh, we'll get into that. But um, that awesome. was something that... You know, I was like, oh, well, okay, that's, you know, if I if I can address the things I don't have control over, and then all I'm left with is the mortgage, mm -hmm. then I have a better attack plan, and I can still reasonably do it within five sure. years. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so kind of we dipped into this question already with everyone, but uh, let's talk in more detail now. What is going right with your current plan, and... What is it? Uh, what does that look like for you, Mr. Cornell? For me, what I did was uh, I, I tore apart um, my investments that are within huh? Scotiabank. Uh, got a few. Um, I was still, even though my daughter's going to uh, a post-secondary school now, she's going to college now, and. I had an RESP for her, and you know we cracked it open so she can go. I was still contributing to it though, in the sense that uh, I wanted to make sure that, uh, so she decided to go to college route, and I wanted to make sure that I left money there just in case she decides to, once she finishes college, decides to go to university and take it even higher. So I was putting money into that, but uh, you know the guy at the bank kind of steered me into a direction that helped me to figure out I could also put it into a, uh, yeah, I could throw that money into a TFSA instead. And that way, uh, because you're not necessarily going to get any more grant money back with it. So you're not going to be like matched, mm -hmm. shall we say. So why not take that, put that into a TFSA. So even if your daughter decides to not go to university afterwards, you've still got that money sitting there kind of deal. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty smart. We changed the investment that the RESP was in to make it a, a an income fund rather than a, um, a, a certain type of mutual fund where it's, it's just basically growth stocks kind of deal. A little bit aggressive so that she could make a good amount of money. The idea is now it's just the dividends just keep on getting reinvested in it right now, for now, and which is making it grow uh, on its own. I'm just sitting there. So I did that with the RESP. Uh, the RSP is uh, going really well. I changed the stocks in that, and I've asked them to go and research a little bit for me because I gave them a few uh, BlackRock uh, stocks that I wanted them to look at within the Scotia funds and find which Scotia fund uh, closely relates to that, and then I'll take a look at it. I also went for funds that didn't have like, you know, 200 different companies in it. I wanted to go 
the least amount of companies in it as possible because uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of the fractions of shares. I'm not a fan of that, uh, where people are buying, you know, 0.25% of a share. Like, I, I don't see the sense in that. But if you put $50 in, they're going to buy 100 different stocks with 50 bucks. And I'm like, really and truly, at the end of the day, what am I getting out of that? You know what I mean? Because when there's a dividend to be paid, I'm going to get a fraction of a fraction of a dividend. And on top of which, you're going to charge me a management fee for it as well. When they've got 200, say, companies in it, Somebody's got to buy and sell those stocks in order to balance out your funds. So Donald Trump says China sucks, and all of a sudden your Chinese stocks start to fall through the floor. Well, somebody needs to manage that. Somebody needs to uh, divest you out of that and invest you into something else. And they got to get paid for all that. So I like getting the least amount of funds in a, in a, in a mutual fund, the least amount of stocks in there as possible. Um, Do you pay monthly fees? Or um, annual fee? Annual. Annual fee? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, did that's, that, huh? That's that's a big clue as well, like for people who is investing. Like, yeah. Well, you can take a look at the number, right? Well, like if, if you actually do the simple math, because it's all math, right? So, like if you're going to take your management fee every month, you actually ended up like paying more, making way less. You make less, yes. You make way less compared to if you take like one annual fee. Because mm -hmm. so all through to, um, you know, when you're reviewing the funds, you have to look into this kind of things because that would, you know, this like little tweak yep. could just like save skyrocket. You. Like, yeah, it could save you like six, seven, depending on how much money you put in And lots of people, they don't know. Like, like, do, do you do tax rebounding? Like all this like stuff they use in the States? Or? I'm speaking to the lady about it this year. I okay. haven't done it in the past. Like a tax rebounding? Uh, do you want to? Never heard no. of these things. You do it because <laughs> I haven't even started. So they basically. Mine is next. Yeah, yeah like year. they, some of the funds they they actually they can file the losses against like whatever some of the like you know funds which are not working. So basically, it's a tax free money. They they get the credits. So on the credits they get, they can basically, you know, um, they gain on some of those credits, right? So because they can use this technically, the pool they created. Um, you're not taxed as a regular, so you can claim it against your tax, so which is again increasing your margin. And you basically you can use this like extra room to buy something and just like pay less taxes on your profits, right? So and uh, and and it's just like my broken language explaining it, but like it's in the sim simplicity of this, right? So if let's say if I invested in a startup which uh, ended up like really failure, I can claim this as a loss. Mm -hmm. against other income right so that's basically what they do if they have a portfolio they can rebounce it and they just can and there is annual there is like quarter rebounds and they just like depends on what what do you invest in and how that can add up like this little tweak can add up like money to, as well to big picture cool um what else did i do my tfsa i went and i uh focused primarily on uh eight stocks and the goal was to uh only a couple of them were is it were specific gross stocks so it's like gross funds no not funds stocks stocks okay. yeah straight up stocks so i specifically only have two growth uh growth stocks and the the other six are uh, uh, uh offer dividends and the idea is uh, the ones that offer dividends what i what i've been focused on 
uh, last year and this year is getting them all to a point where they buy themselves. They are all uh, they're all on a drip, so they'll automatically it's a dividend reinvestment. So they'll automatically buy themselves. Um, and what I've been trying to do is get them to a point where, um, as they repurchase themselves, they're repurchasing a certain amount, so that it's 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 giving me back, uh, let's say, five percent. So the idea is, is uh, I'm buying back 5% uh, stock, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is, you know, within, I'd say, better part of uh, six or seven years, I've doubled what it is that I've done. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, because dividends are paid out quarterly. So if I'm doing it every single quarter, we're buying back, buying back, buying back. Um, it's better than you. And so yeah. forth. Like the compared ideas. to if you take the money out, like it just doesn't Right. If, if I just have the dividend come back to me, well, that's one thing, but I've also got to claim it. When it's sitting in, a, in the TFSA the way that it is, and it's buying itself and so forth, I don't have to do a damn thing, especially if it goes over the limit, because I haven't put in money over the 110 that I'm allowed to put in. Sure. I haven't physically put that in there. It's just reinvesting itself. So even if it goes over the limit, I don't owe anything on it. No. So that's what I've been buried in uh, until you claim uh, this year. It. Until you claim it, yes. No. And then uh, I focused <laughs> on the REITs. It's like everybody's like, yeah, TFSA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pay nothing is like, wow, yeah, you do you, always yeah. <laughs> when you take it out. That's right. Um, the goal is to leave it there for as long as you can yeah, until exactly. the laws change. So the other thing <laughs> is uh, choice. That's choice. A funny one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I started to, uh, my choice was to jump into REITs rather than to buy property mm-hmm. because uh, the idea of investment properties still makes my skin crawl mm-hmm. in the sense that I don't want anybody calling me telling me their toilet's broken and I got to go over there sure. and plunge it. Sure. So that's not going to happen. However, I did have a conversation with our other friend, Sean Cameron. And his his uh, new venture, uh, he's decided to go all out, uh, retired from the corporate world, and now living in the entrepreneurial world. And he's come out with an idea of, of uh, uh, trying to bring together folks who have money versus folks who don't have, like, let's say, a down payment for a mortgage, so they don't have the capital. So his goal is to bring those people together. So... Uh, let's say uh, I, I, I needed to rent to own kind of deal, but Sean had the money uh, to get the mortgage started, shall we say, right? The idea was that uh, Sean would pay the down payment and I'm paying Sean back over the, uh, over, you know, the five year, three year, four year plan, whatever it was. And then at that point, uh, I take over uh, the home. I own the home kind of deal. So it's kind of interesting what Sean is trying to do. And I know you were saying that this is something that they've done in Europe for decades and decades and decades. But Canada and North America, I guess, we're, we're just Neanderthals and we're just now <laughs> getting there. So uh, so um, you said real estate or REITs, like you got specifically to REITs. Um, yeah, like I got into what, REIT funds. How many or like what type of REITs? Right now I'm only in one. Which one? Well, you want me to talk about my business? <laughs> Thanks for it, man. What's the matter with you? 
Nope. Don't want to get not going to say that. Cana- Canadian? Or not? Yeah, it's Canadian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can talk openly. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to bring a couple of names. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'll do it. I'll invest. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any affiliation. Well, yes. I guess. You need to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's what I did. All right. Awesome. So, uh, Mr. Brigance, what has been working for you? Oh, what has been working for me? Uh, I think, uh, number one, I just, like, I got, finally, this year, like, it was QuickBooks, right? So, for myself and my businesses, like, I'm just, like, really um, keeping track of, um, you know, like, sort of apps, like, all those, like, expenses, whatever you're talking about, TD, lots of them, like, came up, like, this year was, like, apps. But it was, like, more, like, conscious, like, to see... Especially like being in real estate world, like all like on brokerage side, like all our like you know income tax at the highest rate ever you can imagine, right? So like and really like when lots of realtors say, oh, I made just this much money, it's like actually divided by two, right? So it's like it's like fifty percent of uh, yeah like whatever your profits goes to certain one, and then just being like I think this little tweak of like having the app and really being like you know hands-on yeah just see where it's like okay if i'm doing this income how it goes like that just kind of helps me to be really more conscious of like where the income coming and what's actual income right so because if it's tax money and you you feel like it's income obviously you're gonna go and spend it and you're like oh shit end of the year i don't have anything that's right so uh being good on that um i think the other part is just like really as I said, cleaning up my 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 desk and like just saying, okay, I had so many different things like from different parts, like you know, like and different like industries in my portfolio, like which I would I don't have any business to even look into, you know. And uh, I really I think just making a conscious decision, I want to be um, only uh, investing in something which I'm simply understand mm. or like I have capacity to read about or research. Or like, I actually, I think the biggest um, amazing outcome for this year was like, whatever I'm gonna invest or touch, it just should be like helping the other stuff I'm doing, right? So like, give you an example, if I'm getting into development project, I'd rather invest in like construction material company, or like company which is like, I don't know, doing certain stuff which is helping my development. Mm-hmm. Because they're gonna be using them, yep. right? So it's kind of like, I wanna invest in something which is gonna help me with the primary business. Um, um, really, the other good thing was for me, um, uh, after cleaning up the deck, like just to looking more into opportunities, like on the stuff I know, like and really that was just really significant year because I got a couple of really amazing companies I'm working with. Um, I um, I'm growing my own portfolio, like specifically in real estate, and uh, that's been really refined through numbers, like what makes sense and how it makes sense. And really uh, looking at the markets right now more and more, like it's like, again, that's why like we started with like, I cannot say general, like, yeah, it's good to be in Canada. It's good to be in the States. It's like where exactly you are, right? So and like, and looking how it's been changed through the years. This year I did like big analysis, like for myself and my team, we kind of, we just sit down and like, we define like what, what actually, if you're looking like last five, 10 years, and we take a certain type of assets, how they performed, like from real estate perspective, 
mm -hmm. like you know in which markets and what's the and I because like the business I'm in like specifically like apartments and rental it, it's been like really going crazy the last couple of years yeah and what what we've noticed like the lack of product in the market because everybody started getting into this like I think the economy kind of like was like really comfortable all of a sudden people like started putting their own funds you know and people who never been in like you know in investment banking they started like getting themselves like you know call themselves as like fund managers like and bringing other people's money and like you know investing in lots of different things so we saw careful. lots of people complete lots of people competing for the same stuff yeah right? so because they go and they buy real estate they all of a sudden uh, start playing development game all of a sudden they they start like buying the same type of assets which is like pension funds are buying right so like which again you don't have any business to compete with so the bottom line you you see like huge competition on the market especially this year so lack of product and I've noticed lots of people going into new build, and I'm getting a new build. And I was like, also looking at myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, because we cannot find a product which makes sense financial anymore. So all yes. these reads, right? So like reads, they are struggling because they need to go portfolio and show the profit to investors. The problem is like right now, it's like lack of product. That's so right. what do you see them doing? They're looking at their own land and saying, oh, I have extra parking lot, maybe I should build a tower because that's the only way to build. That's right. Uh, and grow your portfolio. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed like it's been a huge shift in the market right now. Like, and, and like even like specifically paying attention to this helped me like to manage my own expectation of what, what's gonna happen and how I wanna grow. So looking kind of like what's like five years in the road before I would be like, yeah, I need to like grow funds or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm just like, well, I really need to think through this. Like what's gonna be there long term? What people would need long term? How that's gonna affect our lives? Like, and it's like lots of this. Like, it's hard to predict, right? So, uh, would we need the cars, right? So, like, one of the big decisions coming up, like for me this year, is like, car. Like last year was like, you know, just going through it and thinking, I want to get, uh, you know, electric car, and then it's just like looking at what's the implication of this, right? So, what's financial feasibility of this? And um, and looking at like what other options on the market. So now, like more and more as we're looking through development, I'm seeing uh, lots of ventures where the cars potentially we're gonna have self-driving cars. I don't know how long it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I don't know how. Quick. Nvidia is working on the AI for it, but we'll yeah, see. Like, and, and like you know, and we're also looking right now in development where they're saying we don't need as much parking because cars gonna park themselves and like you don't need really like all this like stuff so all the development's going to be changed you don't need parking because cars are going to park themselves yeah. well, because they're going to be working with self-drive cars like they're going to be driving around all the time right so yeah. like they all so like, need charge uh, stations and um uber self-driving so you just need a car you walk down you get in a car you go there and then the car goes off and picks up someone else no the idea so that your car has basically worked 24 7 yeah. well Based yeah that's where what the goal are, right? was going to be was if if you bought a self-driving car you probably turn your car into an Uber so that it's making money while you're at work. And you can it see lots of platforms. And then it goes off. Yeah, you can see lots thing. of platforms going. Yeah. So, and like for me, what I've noticed like right now is like really, that's kind of like lead the path. I'm just asking myself, like, what's the big picture looks like? Yeah. Right. So like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, specifically just on that one note before we move past it is like you go and drive your car to work, you fucking lose the money. Yeah. Sorry for language. <laughs> no, uh, uh, 
is sitting there for eight hours plus the way you're working. Yeah, doing nothing. Doing? Yeah, right? and then you out. go home and yeah. sit in there for another eight hours just in the well, garage. I, I, can, I can tell you a good example. Like I'm looking like at my traveling schedule. Like last year, like it was like, like I think 15 to 20 like big like trips, long long term like long trips where my car would sit and drive it like for weeks. Yeah. Right. So like it's like I'm like imagine like I, I have my Tesla right now parked at the park like you know and uh, charging. Know, yeah, yeah. charge. Well, not charging, but like being there. Yeah. Like if it drives itself, it's great. But if it sits there, I'm paying basically this like expensive yeah. financing every month. Yep. For doing nothing, right? So that that just like big, big picture and shift in the, in my view, like that was huge for the yeah. past year, mm-hmm. and really kind of looking and saying, okay, what what's actually going to be happening, the with lifestyle, what I want, what I want upcoming year, how that's going to be like you know, changing the fact that I'm getting into like serious relationship and like, you know, building family, what, what's going to be happening. You have to make sure you put that on recorded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Just check it. Yeah. 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 It's a very well, that's a big, that's a big change as well yeah. for me. Right. So like, yeah. to have a partner and just really looking into like, Oh shit. Like now it's not just me. Uh-huh. Right. So like that, that's definitely, I don't know. It's good and bad, <laughs> like in terms of. So life. as far as cars go, for me, uh, you know, I discovered years ago. Uh, you know, the bank tells you when you're a young kid, a car is is a depreciating value. It's blah blah blah. Oh, it's so the worst like, asset. What are you doing? Yeah. It's the worst asset in the world. So what I discovered years ago is that I was going to buy a car awfully. So I'll buy a car that's four years old. I'll carry it for four years, and then I'll get rid of it. So this year, actually, I have to get rid of the car. So either way. You're only spending about ten to fifteen thousand dollars on a car over a period of four years. So the amount of money that you're losing on the car is limited to maybe three grand a year, instead of what people do, and and they freak out. Well, you drive a Mercedes. Well, you know what? I bought the my first Mercedes. I bought for twenty-seven grand. My second one, I bought for thirty-seven grand. Right. My third one, I spent forty-two grand. Uh, like. It was worth forty-two grand, but from my first Mercedes to my second Mercedes, I increased by ten thousand dollars. If you think about it, and then from my second to my third, you're looking at, you know, five grand. But but what you're saying, like lease, makes more sense to you, like then. No, I'm saying I bought it off lease. Oh, bought it. It's finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So somebody leased it for four years. Yeah. I'll buy that car. Yeah. Right, so they uh, people want to have the latest, greatest, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So they'll lease cars all the time. They'll lease a twenty twenty one car if they could right now, because some people oh, want to keep up with the Kardashians yeah. or whatever. I got no interest in that. But the yeah, idea is, all that money, that depreciation value that you end up losing in the first two years of owning a brand new car, right? I don't have to take that loss, and I'm not taking that loss. I, I refuse to. So I'll buy a car that's three or four years old, depending on whatever it is. As long as it's just come off lease, all that depreciation value is gone. I'm just buying the car now. So now I'm going to carry it for four years. My losses on that car are going to be like 10 grand. That first one that I got, 27 grand, I got 16 for it when I was done. After four years, I got 16 for it. You know what I mean? So the idea is... Uh, I just wanted to be a little bit smarter with how I purchase my car so that no matter what, every four years or so, 
I'm spending $15,000 on a car. That's it. I don't want to spend more than that, right? And fortunately for me, it keeps on ending up being a Mercedes-Benz, which manages to hold <laughs> its value. No, no, which yeah. manages to hold its value. And on top of which, the maintenance on those vehicles are insane. I don't have to do shit. So a BMW, for me, a BMW, four years, five years, you got to baby that thing. You got to go and put in parts all over the place yeah. and stuff. Mercedes, I don't know what they do in, with their cars. But I do an oil change, I change my brakes, and I change my tires. That's all I do on Mercedes-Benz's. That's it. So I'm saving money from a maintenance perspective. I'm saving uh, the de depreciation value that I would lose. And I, I'm, I'm keeping the cost of owning a vehicle low. Yeah, yeah that totally makes sense. We could have a talk on that too, yeah, but used nice. cars, the only way to go. I First car, I leased. Yeah. Learned my lesson when I couldn't pay the freaking kilometers after. Second yeah. car I purchased, but it was like an eight year finance. Yeah. And no. I switched into this used car. Yeah. And it's paid off now, and I'll never go back to buying a new car. The depreciation. Yeah. Never. It's insane. Idiotic. It's but the idea of the electric car, I love that. So sure. I actually started looking at, instead of Mercedes, I started taking a peek at sure. what would an electric car like a Tesla look like. And then, of course, Mercedes said that they are going electric. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know what? Like, I, just to, and it, like, I, I don't want to spend like, too much time on this. But like, um, I just tested like, um, uh, in December yeah. um, electric Porsche. Yeah. Right? So, and it was phenomenal. Like, it is? Like, realizing is like everything going that way. Yeah. And, but only like, also like, you know, it's a geek, geek conversation. Like, I understand. Like, Tesla way ahead of everybody. It's just like, it's well, so Tesla's beyond, in like, China you know, now. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah. Like, and that, that's what basically I'm, I'm also estimating it's going to bring the price down and like, you know, give yeah. it like, you know, opportunity for people to buy it more affordable. Yeah. But definitely. And used. Used, exactly. It's yeah. going to start, there's going to be a market eventually because <laughs> there's always going to be somebody wanting the latest and the yeah. greatest. Yeah. That's right. But uh, yeah, we want to get over to Steve here. So what has been working? Yeah. So one thing, that, there's two things that come up for me when you ask what's been working. And the first is um, I didn't use any debt this holiday season. <laughs> I didn't use any credit cards. I didn't gotcha. increase... Oh yeah, me neither. Any debt? Yep. Yep. Um, Very good. Yeah. So there's been a big emotional thing on two levels for me. One is being the man and measuring success with how much money you make and how much you can spend and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, I really changed my mindset and perspective around um, using debt to compensate for ego trying to please people or you know, whatever that whatever that means to me, right? So it was really interesting because um, you know, September's my birthday, it's my son's birthday, then you get Christmas, my wife's birthday is January second. <laughs> you know, it's like four or five months of just like spin, spin, spin. Yeah. And um, yeah, so this it was really interesting keeping the spending down, being more thoughtful gifts and experiences mm -hmm. and, uh, and and managing my ego around well how will I feel about not being able to do something extravagant or you know somehow compensate 
compensated by spending and putting myself in further debt. So that was that was a big thing for me that that, uh, that changed. And I guess mindset changed. And you know, I've been trapped in this job. I've trapped myself with this sort of scarcity mentality. This uh, it's probably more like security. You know, being in a country on a work visa, single income home, you know, contract. I got into this, protect the job, protect my family, make the situation work. And it just really limited me making income, which I know better. I know it's not smart to put all my eggs in one basket and say, this is my sole source of income. It's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know? So that mentality's changed, and now I'm back into creation mode. I'm back into prosperity and abundance. And not in a fantasy way. I say the word abundance, I think like, oh, anything's possible, but abundance as in being smart with my money, taking my head out of the sand. So that's probably the biggest thing. It's just like being here, being willing to face up to, okay, let's take responsibility. That's an abundant mentality. Okay. Not abundance just to say anything's possible and go out and be adventurous, you know. It's like a fantasy. Mm-hmm. So just being more mature with my mindset around so that's that's the best thing that's happened. That's awesome. Okay. Good man. Um so what's working for me? Um the biggest thing which helped turn around my fiscal health <laughs> was uh stepping up and getting my new position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, um really recognizing my value as there was more people here at stand up and give you a standing up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and that was again from the help of these men and this group because, you know, recognizing my value in what I can do and even taking on the position, getting into a, another really complex project with a complex client and finding a way to still meet deadlines, get the team, you know, rallied up and like even so much that this winter break, like, you know, I was pushing these certain things that weren't working on the project, and I was able to hand it off to the team, take my vacation, you know, and they brought it home over the goal line, and I came back to, you know. That's awesome. There you go. You know, that was an investment, right? Because this point in my career, too, you know, with the knowledge and expertise that I have, you know. There's also other avenues, and um, I'm still, you know, sticking with my company because I see the potential in kicking us up a notch and becoming, you know, like standing out there in the industry. And we're already starting to, from the few conferences I got uh, to go to one in October, and it's in, you know, a part of the web industry that's really hot right now, really noticeable eyes on it, and there's some big name people in, like all of web that start going to these things and start speaking at them. And I absolutely have the capability to be one of those to stand up there and, you know, deliver something impactful to a community and basically the world of development. So that's where I'm angling with the the company. We just got a, uh, our first marketing manager who I'm going to be working uh, closely with to help push us in the right direction and pick these conferences to be able to go there and speak with authority on these subjects and that just opens up more and more doors and you know 
gets my name out there in, in just the industry. But at the same time, you know, there's still other things that I've been doing, like the budgeting. I started doing budgets before we got into our home years ago because we knew we wanted to get out of the renting game. You know, to us, it made sense to have build equity and just keep renting. It just, you know, some people are okay with the renting and they were able to do it another way. But for us, and the way I'm taking it is just have the mortgage, have the equity in the house. The area values already gone up again from whatever we put into it already. You know, we have done small improvements to the house, which I know Cornell has done as well, which is contributing to the equity of the home as well as improving the living experience, right? Yep. It's making it yours, but also being smart with those choices so that when you sell it, you're making, you know, some extra from what you're doing, right? Um, so the budget is a very particular thing, though, because the increase in money, it could have been very easy that as soon as it happened, my lifestyle exploded, and then all of a sudden I'm spending more. Mm-hmm. My lifestyle pretty much hasn't changed. You know, it did get a little out of control and some overspending in the fall season. <laughs> Beyond that and resetting now, like, you know, we came out of the holiday season. We didn't put anything on any kind of debt, you know. Um, and past holiday seasons, even the one last year, it, you know, some of it goes in the CC and you're paying it off after. So being able to be cash first for the holiday season is huge. And, um, you know, it's... The one thing I'll speak about, because in the partnership, is you know, working with my wife to also tackle this, right? So we have areas of responsibilities that we each focus on, and you know, when we both, you know, are doing well in that area, like, you know, we're both flush with cash after being very generous with the holiday season, right? So that's a huge improvement over years ago, and we're in a home, and we're putting equity month after month, but you know where I'm turning around and looking at my current um, finances. So this year, I mentioned I had a line of credit. That was about 15K. I already knocked that one off because it was about 12, 13% interest. That's awesome. And then the debt repayment, um, which is currently sitting around 15 now as well. Uh, that one is the next one I'm taking off. The car was paid off this year. First car I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> so that yeah. was you know, awesome. a huge thing. And, you know, just leading into this spring, basically the debt repayment plus um, another small debt I have on a zero interest uh, loan for the water system I have at home. It's going to be paid off, and I'm going to have about what is it, uh, forty-four hundred a month to start putting to the mortgage. Is basically my goal. So you know, I have a plan where to take it in the next five years, and I'm thirty-seven. So by forty-two, the end of that year, twenty twenty-five. The goal is, if not sooner, right? Because beyond work, I actually work wanted to ask you, like, pay, pay attention to this. Um, and um, what's interesting was the real estate market. And that's where lots of people, like, I think it's old school mentality where it's like, oh, I want to pay it off as soon as possible. I'm going to create all this equity. But when the market tanks, right? So that's what we saw in the States from 2008 to 2013, right? So all the equity you created, you paid it off to the banks, right? So all of a sudden, imagine like you you paid off like I don't know five six hundred, right? So in your house, my mortgage isn't that big. So yeah, no, but I'm just giving you like the showcase. And your house worth right now two fifty, three hundred, three hundred, let's say. Um, well, look, let's say three hundred, and you paid it off. So you would estimate by that time, hopefully in five years, it's like close to four hundred, four four fifty, like in value, yeah. right? So 
but what if the market really reverse? Right? And so you end up at two seventy. And you you ended up like at no, you ended up like at one seventy five, right? So all the money you paid all of a sudden all those years went in the toilet, right? So that's where lots of people get in deep depression. And I find like I've been in the states from two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen, and I was the one who buying houses for dirt cheap, right? So like we were buying the houses from anywhere, I would tell you like from eighteen thousand to. Um, I think the most expensive was like 100k something like that per house and all those houses tripled or quadrupled like today right but it's horrible because at that time it, they used to like the value of the houses was like close to where it is today right and I'm just cautioning people because they said oh I paid it off I created the value and I'm gonna retire it's like what do you do with those money while you're growing so I think you should definitely when you get to the point where you're just like I'm paying the mortgage try to diversify and just not just pay the mortgage but also invest the money because that's going to be your layback when the real estate really goes on shit and all this like equity you created like worth nothing like at least you have something you but create. that's so that's just whether or not you need to move so if there's no urgency to move you can survive and wait for it to bounce back it's well, not yeah. If you think that the Niagara region is going to crash so bad that they're not going to make the money back within a reasonable no, that's time. Not no, no, his world is a what if. So what, 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 you remember last year when we had this talk, my goal was to make sure that as far as my investments or stocks go, I've invested in financials, pharmaceuticals, blah, 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 all the way down the line, right? Yeah. So I did tech, I did you know, Apple and AMD, and I told you guys what was going to happen to AMD. I had AMD at $15, now it's 42 bucks. The new consoles. Yeah, they're the Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. So when you're making over 100%, and what is it, my Apple, when I bought Apple, Apple was 160 and now they're 260 So I'm making $100 a share there. So the idea is um, I went and I put money into energy, put it into financials, I put it into uh, tech, uh, I started to venture into pharmaceuticals, and I wanted to do real estate. So I'm in all those industries now with at least one stock in these things. Uh, out of the eight stocks, six of them are, are dividend stocks. So again, they're buying themselves kind of deal. So that by the time I'm ready to retire, they've bought themselves, bought themselves over and over again. I turn off the drip. It no longer reinvests and buys more. Those dividends is what I intend to live on. Mm -hmm. So the idea is the, 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 uh, uh, yeah. So I've got X amount of years, 20 years, 25 years for them to grow, turn into something so that when I turn off the tap, turn off the drip, and I decide that I'm going to live on those funds, uh, I've got that there. The idea is if you dump everything into your mortgage, you pay off your mortgage and all that kind of stuff, absolutely great. And you lose your job. That's, That's the not problem. That, and we get that. Because of where I'm putting myself. But he's also space, trying to do his entrepreneurial happen. side of things too, right? So which is good. Which, which, which is he amazing. But, but what we're talking about, I guess, what, what we're trying to kind of to, to open your eyes on. That's right. I think it's just like as you build up your portfolio in the market, it takes years, right? So it's, it's, it's just a level scale, of protection. Right? So it's like you create extra layer, which is going to take a while to build, right? So if you. If you get to that point, 2025, and you're like, oh, now I'm going to start building stocks. It's like, well, you, Might wasted, you wasted already like five years as you, like, it's not the urgency to pay 
uh, your real estate off. If you have a good like low uh, mortgages, as we are right now, like well, like we might be have, gonna have this year. That's amazing because you're looking at other countries where like like in the states, if you go right now, any commercial mortgages it's like in double digits, right? So it's like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. So like uh, where we are, it's still fine, right? So like like we were talking about inflation, two and a half percent. You need to at least play with it as well. So you can still pay it longer, but like start investing and paying attention to other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just simply throwing like obviously there's lots Spread of Spread it around. Like like thousands of different ways like to, you know, slice the cat, right? Yeah. So like, but here's the thing. So skin the cat. I know yeah, that's one of the terms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know the number I'm after. Right? So I need you got two a million that living off the interest and whatever kind of investments is mm-hmm. enough to be a hundred thousand after taxes a year. That's the retirement sixty five. Okay. So if I just go this route of doing the mortgage, the amount of money I have for the next 20 years, 23 years to 65, yeah. is 1.6 million on its own without a single bit of interest. With that, I'm already almost on my goal. So any investment I start doing at age of 42, I'm guaranteed to go above the 2 million mark, which is all I'm looking at. I'm not looking for infinite growth. I'm not looking for some extreme number for some you know crazy lifestyle. like. I've got the number of what we need to survive as retirement. Without interest, I'll still make 1.6, continuing the way I'm going with other additional income streams, which I'm aiming at. That's right. It's just gonna make it easier. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why my take is like, I don't believe the market could crash so horribly that I'm not gonna have at least the current value of the house, which is 275, where we got it for. So, and that I- means the income, wherever I start putting it at that point, so 20, 23 years, that again, that's my take. That I see. Perfect. I, I, I respect your opinion. Like, yeah. I just I'm simply, it's interesting because what we do here, we help each other and just look look at things differently, right? So yeah. from different lines. Because it's, even it, like I think every, it's a matter of which lifestyle we're going for as well. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent as well, right? So like that, that that's also like that's a good comment. Yeah, it just it helps sometimes to look at things differently, right? Yeah, and I also accounted for inflation. <laughs> so that hundred thousand is based on lifestyle in. When I'm 65, of how comfortable I could live based on my current lifestyle and you know, some extra means of like traveling and stuff. So my like, focus has like, to slightly be on forever. my daughter. Once I have that much built up, yeah. uh, the amount of like growth that would give is enough to survive forever. That's right. Without yeah. anything blowing up like World War Three. Yes. <laughs> Which don't don't matter at that point. I was just screwed around. Iran. Regardless. Yes. Did something just happen? Iran. Something just happened, right? Oh, that's Trump. That's that's our buddy Trump. But he's trying to stay in power. That's his excuse. The financial world. The the funniest thing is for me, uh, the financial world, about halfway through this year, finally, so two and a half years into his presidency, the financial world, yeah, they take a hit on the day that Trump says some stupid shit, and the next day they recover from it. Yeah. Right? So. People have almost begun to ignore him because he's a jackass and, and, and started to focus on, okay, instead of him yelling about Harley Davidson or, or making noise about uh, Jeff Bezos, who, you know, lost $10 billion last year and is still the world's most wealthiest person. So Trump even can kiss my divorce. ass even after the divorce okay. and even after losing $10 billion, he's <laughs> the world's richest man. <laughs> so the idea is ultimately... 
um, people have started to, you know, get rid of the white noise. A war is a different story entirely, right? So, I don't know. As far as the markets are concerned, they've yeah. always survived. Yeah. Which brings they us will. to the next point. They've always well, survived. So, potentially buying opportunities. Yeah, the only reason I was asking that question is because um, what I'm taking from this is what I just experienced with my job. Yeah. Where I wasn't diverse enough in my strategy. That's right. And because we can't predict the future, it might just be for sure. It, it might not be that you can't do what you're saying you can do. But with some diversity, it could either accelerate or expand on what you're, you're doing. So this is where the additional income streams, once I can establish them, they could start going to that other side with the base income still focused on the original goal. Right? But even if I, worst case, didn't get additional income streams and where I'm going with this save of dying, the industry I'm in and where my position keeps elevating, like... I'm going to be on stages and helping lead the industry as I'm, I keep going. I get it, but I'm in sport. Yep. And I totally get an expected coming from my CS well thought out and planned. I'm only thinking about diversity in terms of asymmetric, asymmetric risk versus reward, or, and that's what I have to consider in sports. So what happens if I get injured? How am I going to win right. when I'm in a losing position? Well, there's another factor for you that he doesn't necessarily have right now. And the idea is where, uh, where I interjected with Alex, which was about what lifestyle that you're chasing after. You, as a father, are thinking about Kingston and what's going to happen to him. I am thinking about my daughter and what's going to happen to her. So the idea is, what, am I, what legacy am I leaving behind for her? He's almost gone to a finite position. He's saying... I need two million. I'm gonna hit my two million, and God bless and good night. I'm done. My life yeah. is my life is set. I'm ready. I'm done. That's not. What and I'm that's his about. choice. That's not what I'm talking about. I oh. get where you're coming from. Right. Where I'm coming from, the perspective I'm coming from is my dad died when I was nine. Yeah. And the world changed for us. Yeah. My mother didn't have financial literacy really. Right. 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 Yep. Having a home that was paid off to double mortgage and helping everybody. It just Lord. was a disaster. Wow. So what I'm talking about with the asymmetric risk and reward is what happens worst case scenario, you still win. And that's the way I have to develop my strategies is so I already know the strategy I have and when it works and I, if it fails at 60% or whatever, I'm still winning. But what happens, what happens when it injury, mm -hmm. whatever, right? You can't be on stage. What, worst, worst, worst case scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not saying your strategy is not perfect for you. What I'm saying is I'm hearing the conversation of diversity in your strategy, and the reason why I'm hearing it so strong is because for the last seven years, I have been focused on one thing and making that thing work, and I've made it work, yeah. but I've lost all my diversity, I've lost all my other income streams. I did it. No one... You know, no one held a gun to my head. I said, if I want to keep this job and be secure in this job, I can't be on stage. I wrote a book. I can't focus on launching this book and trying to generate income from it or lift my profile because that brings me negative attention from my work. All this stuff that I limited myself to where it was just about taking care of the job. Yeah. And now the job is not the job that it was. Of course. And it's seven years later. I'm looking back at 
all the time I lost investing. Missed opportunities is what you're... Some of these things could be more mature now. That's right. And not looking at it because you need the finances or whatever, but just as a secure, as a strategy to protect yourself against the risk. Yeah. So it could be like, like right now I'm, I'm researching, looking at... You know, How are you diversifying yourself like right now? So what I'm looking at is uh, I need to invest. I want to invest in index fund. I like the S&P 500. And I think I like um, total market as a strategy. I think I like Vanguard as a company. I don't know how much I have to invest, yeah. but I know I need to start. And I know just the momentum of me starting over time, whether it's a year or two years, I'll be in a different financial position and then I can actually, and, but I've already, it's already established. Yeah. I'm not trying to establish in a year to oh, then something else happens and whatever. I'm saying, wherever level I can start, I know I need to start. Yeah. And whether it's going to make me any money or not, who cares? I need to start. And then over the next year or two, that's going to mature in whatever way it can. So instead of me starting in two years, I'll have the start and now I can be serious you know, in my investment strategies, right? Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. And so I'm not doing that as an investment strategy. I'm doing that as a mindset change, getting something done that I know I'm going to need later that protects me against having all my eggs in this one strategy. What you're saying is great. I can see your confidence and how much you've researched it and thought it out and everything. I'm just, it's just the idea of diversity is screaming at me right now. And what does that look like? It might look like bucks. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And it, you know, it does nothing for you for two years, but in two years' time, you're not starting. It's got two years of momentum. We had a talk like this uh, not too long ago, where uh, I guess it was uh, how we manage people or something or other. I can't remember which one it was. And the idea was. As we all sat, and, and, and I sat back and looked at the conversation for what it was, and what I noticed was, as, as we were all at different stages in our careers, or at different stages in our life cycle, we, we had different thoughts on how we wanted to attack things. And, and I'm seeing it emerge again. Um, Sean has a, a thought of where he wants to go. I have an affinity for what you're saying because I've, I've moved on. I've moved, uh, you know, uh, 10 years older than Sean and, uh, you know, family, daughter. Uh, I'm the executor for my aunt and uncle in their estate. Uh, got worried about my parents. I got two uh, nephews on the other side, uh, sister and brother-in-law doing all right. So don't necessarily have to worry about over there. So I'm starting to look at, you know, as let's say the, the head of the family the way it is right now where my family sits and where I need to be financially in order to keep everything together. Uh, what legacy am I going to end up leaving behind? Uh, I take a look at what Sean is doing. I take a look at what Alex is saying. And Alex is in a, a, probably the most perfect position out of any of us doing his labor of love is also kind of to a degree in the financial sector. My labor of love is not there. Uh, my labor of love is the entertainment side of it. That's not anywhere near finances. And then I handle risk for businesses, and that's not, any, well, 
there is some finance in that, but I only get paid a salary off of that. I don't get paid a, a profit share, shall we say, off of that. So it's a slightly different world that I got to live in. He's trying to build his own uh, empire, shall we say, uh, where the finances will derive from it, but he's not necessarily in a financial sector either. This is why I'm saying he's probably in how, how probably you, that how uh, you happiest position out of all of it. Me? I went for, uh, financially, I went for uh, the stock market world. That was my way of doing it. So mutual funds, uh, 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 RPPs, RSPs, uh, TFSAs uh, is, is where I went in order to build. Uh, and plus, with my company, I also have an RPP and an RSP with them as well. So I have my own personal ones with Scotiabank and I have other ones with Industrial Alliance at the same time and everything is kind of growing on their own. Um, but that's what I had to do in order to, uh, as opposed to the mentality of Sean's direction is kill this, done. Focus on one thing, get it done, move on. Which is a fantastic way that's of dealing with scenarios, right? For me, at my stage in my 40s, uh, and a legacy behind me, I've got to worry about uh, how many different things I could tackle at once and kind of spread myself out. Not too thin that I can't live. And that was what last year's journey was, was, was balancing out uh, finances that I can live on while I'm doing uh, what I'm doing. Which is, you know, when I was speaking to Sean, let's say two years ago, Sean, just put a hundred dollars aside, man. Buy a few, buy a few shares. Of, at that time, you could have bought what ten shares of AMD, hundred and fifty bucks. Well, guess what? Now that that would be worth five hundred dollars. Exactly. Right. That's just like see what I'm saying. And it just sat there for two years. See what I'm saying? Buys itself. But that was ten shares. That's it. Now he takes that out and he goes and he dumps it at Anbridge, where that's a, a let's say a dividend stock. He starts making two, three, four hundred dollars. Uh, per year in dividend and at the same time the actual stock itself goes up so like when I bought Enbridge Enbridge was $38 and now it's like $52 so the idea is the stock itself is making money plus it's giving me a dividend on top of it plus it's buying itself right so that's what I had to do in order to try to because other than that how was I going to manage a mortgage my lifestyle and sending my daughter to go to school. You see what I'm saying? Like that, It's kind of a lot to deal with all at once. Uh, but it's through that journey that I had learned, okay, if I put $20 here and $20 there, you know what I mean? I'm going to manage to come out on top in the end. It'll take me longer to clear up my mortgage. But in the meantime, I have th these things to fall back on. So should I pass... Should something happen, all these investments just divest, pay off the mortgage, it's done, it's gone. And whatever is left over, as you said, whatever is left over goes to your wife and life is good. She's good. Same type of thing goes to my daughter. Whatever uh, mortgage is paid, right? Uh, clearly, with the investments that I have, the mortgage is paid off. The goal right now is what am I leaving behind for? So that's what I noticed in a talk that we had I don't know, about four or five months, four months. It was the one where we had uh, Dr. Baum and, 
and uh, uh, so forth here. That, that was what four, four, four months ago, five months ago. In that talk, uh, we recognized that we were all at different stages in our careers, and and we presented as such. I think that was either uh, scheduling and prioritizing. I yeah, think that was the talk. Yeah, so we we were scheduling and prioritizing, and that's what we're doing here right now, really and truly. You've planned out where you want to be in retirement, and 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 Steve is talking about it as well, and so is Alex. So, what's one thing you're taking away? I mean, it just keeps, <laughs> just keeps coming back at me. Keeps coming back at me. Just gotta pay attention. You gotta know what's going on. Like they hit the sand. It's not gonna work. No, no, not, that's a big one. Do you have that plan yet? Do you know? what you're aiming for? I know what I'm aiming for, but it's the system. It's the systematic, you know, monthly check. What tools do I need? Like, it, it literally is setting up. You need Excel shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I use. That's what I use Seriously, to get my budget like, started, which is what's in, what's out at all times. I'll tell you and with the, the idea of and stuff after, man. paying attention, I take a look at uh, the, the, uh, my mutual funds on a regular basis and and the ones for work I kind of watch every single day you know they fluctuate between 100 to 300 dollars a day a day you can see it increase because of the funds that they're in and so forth you can see a drop of a hundred dollars today and, and I look at the news oh yeah Donald Trump said something stupid and then the next day it'll go up by two hundred dollars so it not only did it recover but it also advanced so uh, that, that, that's the paying attention part where I had learned after seeing my stuff go into basically free fall I had learned I gotta pay attention to this stuff almost every single day so I can make a shift should something go awry for more than a week or two I would have to say mm, I gotta make a move eye on the ball man yeah that's a good line pay attention are you complete with your diversification? You asked. <laughs> um, so for me, I you know what? Like, I'm definitely um, this year. I'm looking at different diversification. What are you looking at? Um, I like. It's not just like the asset like I'm invested in. I'm looking at the skills. So. Just back up for a sec, because I meant to ask you this before. You said you just started using QuickBooks. Yeah. Like so what system year. did you have before that you saw was failing you, that you said it's not going to work anymore? Um, I can tell you, like, it was a couple of systems. Like, I um, I tried um, different softwares, like, for, you know, like, build tracking and, like, all the, you know, the budgets, like, online budgets. And, man, it was just too complicated, and I wasn't consistent was it because it was kind of like oh, okay just like yeah like i can plug it into my like you know my accounts but it wasn't like really showing me the data i needed right, right. so i needed something simple i even tried like you know believe it or not before last year that was like excel sheet yeah right so i was like oh fuck like i'm gonna put all my transactions on excel sheet and i'm like wow this is crazy i cannot because of the it's hard yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like, hard. It's like basically you, you like you turn up like you know spending a couple hours just like putting your like your bills in like and, like that's retarded. Like yeah. it should be a better way. Automation. So automation for sure. Like 
cannot emphasize like in like automation and like being more efficient <laughs> definitely that's been efficient efficient <laughs> yes I, I really like uh quickbooks like i don't know just simple and the key was like not just like using different software but like at the end of the year when i go to my accountant it was like always the battle is like oh like you put this category which just doesn't match accountant category mm. right so it was like start over again right it was like what's the point of me leading like all my budgets using like i don't know online budget app yeah if it's not gonna match accountant expectation yeah so i need to to redo that again yeah. Yeah. bring it to my accountant i was yeah. like that's stupid yeah right so like i it was like well i i'm basically i'm capable of like adjusting and relearning how i should like you know Categorize. Like, categorize it, right? So, like, not just, like, put my own category. And uh, that was perfect in this sense. Right? So, it lines up then? Yeah, it lines up. With, with the accountant? Yeah. Like, QuickBooks is, like, huge. And the cool part about QuickBooks, where I struggle with other um, apps, I can share it with my account. Right? <laughs> so, they actually, you can see it, like, live. Like, what I'm putting, like, adjusting, like, doing some stuff. I'm still way far from, like, being, like, Pro at like, but like, I think I have enough. Getting the job done. Yeah, exactly. Um, so going back to diversification, um, <laughs> I've noticed um, like for me it was more skill level, like really looking at different skills, like what what else I can do, not just for my client, for myself, like and you know looking at if something changes in the market, like can I flip the coin and just go to another market. Right, so like I started looking more into different languages. So uh, that's been a big shift, uh, definitely. And looking at like other skills, like you know, like um, in my own field, but looking at the skills which would allow me to grow as well. Look at like the problems I could be able to resolve, like not just using the same skills over and over again, but like grow maybe a little bit of my skills, but and looking at different take, like what I can add to my skills. So that's been huge. So that's been a different diversification. Um, in terms of assets, uh, as I said, like in, like starting this conversation, like it was just more get rid of the, the um, stocks or startups, which like was outside of my expertise. Mm. Like it was completely like beyond, right? So like I was looking at the stuff which like was like, I'm looking at, in, like, for example, entertainment, like, you know, applications. And I'm mm. like, I have no clue. Like, you know, it's like, what am I talking about? Oh, right? that's what you're saying. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was like a few technologies specifically designed for gaming business. And I'm like, I, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, I'm just like, I have no clue what's there. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even playing the games. Right. So like. And even though like it might make sense to somebody, yeah, for me it, it didn't, right? Yeah. So it didn't change my life even more. As I'm asking myself more on this question, it was like, it's actually like, it's worse. Like if I want to look at my family and what the community I'm trying to create, how it's helping. Yeah, return on investment. I was like, am I helping to create those games which are gonna take attention of my kids or other kids from what they should be doing? So I'd rather invest money in, like in the healthy apps, like for like exercising or spending more time outside or whatever right so that's your emotional purchasing 
Um, yeah, That's like your emotional emotional purchases. Like I would call it like for yeah, like you you buy because you feel like oh like it's great like you know gaming industry is awesome, but like I don't understand it related to gaming, right? So to give you no 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 no, you're buying stocks based on your morals and your ethics. Yeah, exactly. You're that, like, well, I'm not going to invest in that because I don't want to distract my kids from it. Well, first yeah, you're right. Foremost, like, do you from, have any kids? No, no, so I don't. So what are you about that for? Yeah, exactly. Like, and so I mean, it's an I emotional can... uh, thing that you're doing. I don't doing. know if it's emotional. I, I would call it just simply like might be mental, like preference. Yeah. Like or like, uh, just like. So here's something that I terms. know that you're somewhat. I don't know if passionate is too strong a word, but you're you're very keen on what's happening with the world as far as. Uh, the environmental changes that we have correct so have you looked into uh, what you can invest in in order to support those that are uh, chasing it down i mean basically at this point in time i don't know if greta thunberg's got her own uh, uh like if she she's got her own company that you can invest on the stock market with but <laughs> i'm just joking when i say that but the idea is are we looking at uh, are you looking at something like that? Yeah, uh, I am. I am. And I, I yeah, big, big, big part was like solar. I went back to solar. Uh, I like a couple of years ago. I get yeah. solar. Going back to solar and energy, looking like what's the other reliable sources? Like I could be looking like electric cars. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. Totally. So for that, you're looking at let's say nickel. Yeah. 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 Like mining steel, part of it. Right, so like, and uh, uh, I'm I'm looking at also um, at a couple of technologies which I believe gonna improve like uh, specifically development, new construction because we still need like more housing, more houses to be built, and we consistently keep hearing like like shortage of housing and like we need more people and we have a couple billion coming up like you know it's like all this stuff I can see it and I'm I'm looking consciously of like what's like you know all this like zero net technology is like which potentially i think it's going to be key because um electricity or L, all the utility costs will go up so i'm looking at like what type of building is going to sustain longer right so because at the end of the day the only person who's going to survive who who's still going to be making like uh profit positive profit or income positive Versus like somebody who's kind of running in the cycle and just kind of looks like making money, but at the end of the day, there is yeah. nothing that positive. So that, that's just basically, that's a big big change for me, looking at those kind of things. Well, you talked about stuff like affordable housing before, and because of the things like automation, which are going to take away, like McDonald's and like fast food in general and those sorts of things, we're going to need an alternative form of housing because people aren't going to be able to live yeah. in the city. Yeah. So they'll need communities which can be maybe more, you know, feudal like farming, but they're alive. But you'll need conscious developers to say, I'm still going to keep these people somewhere so that they're not just living on the street everywhere because so many people are going to be out of jobs in the next 10 exactly. years. Exactly. That's changed my, my attitude like towards all this affordable housing as well, like looking at what's, what's potential could be made. Uh, this past year has been big like into looking into different partnerships which can lead to that. 3D printing houses, like, yeah. you know, and different materials they're getting into now. It's like insane, the possibilities mm -hmm. 
of the future. Building houses with 3D printing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's like, it sounds in theory interesting, but like I'm quite far. Like, I, I mean, I've seen it as well. I'm, I'm looking at lots of technologies. Like, I'm getting into, like, right now, modular housing, which is awesome. Like, it just yeah, seems like, like it's keep, keep growing. And uh, the fact of what I like about it, it just built, like, obviously, outside of rain and snow yeah. and like in, indoor and just like comes and assembles quick and yep. you kind of you somebody can, was trying to build a floating floating uh, properties yeah. Yeah. yeah it has been done like already in few countries actually yeah and like they interesting uh, but only again like looking at global warming I'm just worried about right now like the water levels and all of the stuff and like what's going to yeah. be happening that's another part like I, I do care about like all this stuff coming up mm-hmm. um, and like I really get rid of like bunch of stuff which didn't make sense, even mm-hmm. though they were making money. Some of it, like, but some of them were disaster because I didn't maintain them. Because deep inside, I found I wasn't related to that. Like you know, it wasn't care. Like you know, like weed market, like weed stock, cannabis, right? Yeah. So, cannabis. Like you know, I I get some of the implications, and and I'm like deep inside I didn't care right so like some of the stocks were like they kind of like went I think it was a point where I could have like just exited and made tons of money oh Tilray right so and uh, I I just like I decided okay let's just cut the losses and like whatever like I still made some yeah. money but it wasn't like it wasn't a good decision in my yeah opinion. well Tilray came on the market at like 22 bucks a share shot up to $200 and now I think it's worth $12 yeah something like that like and, and like I've done those like right so and, and uh, because like all the guys or um, like I've connected they were like kind of like jumping in it oh yeah right so and, like it, it sounded good and we like in Canada and it's exciting and like all of a sudden like right now like a couple other countries who are like opening the border for like for cannabis like yep. the cannabis friendly countries and everybody is doing the same and I'm like hold on like <laughs> just slow down because like yes I can do the same and yeah, there is a way to make money, but like, would it make me be the man I want to be? Like, sure, like, at the end of the day, lots to like investing, but we were talking about healthy investment or like what it means to be wealthy. For me, being wealthy, being healthy, and being mentally healthy in the sense of like, I know I invest in the right things. So that that's just why I am. Nice. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so for myself, um, yeah, admittedly, based on my current approach, it doesn't seem that diverse, but, you know, I'm not sitting on my laurels either, right? And as I've started to knock off these debts, that gives me confidence and ambition to keep going and do other things, right? So by the end of this year, I commit to you, man, that there'll be some kind of income stream based on the creative aspects that I've been pushing. That's right. Writing the uh, teaching development courses with my friend Pierre, right? Yeah. And somewhere in and around there, there's going to be action. And sure, it might not be profit, but there will be income from it. And that... This statement is concerning me. (laughs) Any business that starts, you're going to start. Any money you make, it's going to be going back. Take you a while in order to so turn a profit. Sure. Yeah. So this year, whatever comes of it, is focused on building that brand, Mm -hmm. so that within you know a couple years, there's actual positive revenue. Right. Yes. That's the goal. Yeah. To create sustainable incomes with these uh, ventures that I'm focused on. 
and that is above and beyond what I'm going to continue to be pushing at at my position. And you know, uh, as of March, it's a full year for yearly review. That's right. And you know, I've been able to successfully land that project and push the company through a hard time with that and dealing with that client. So. <laughs> with the marketing manager as well, planning for how I can again put myself out there in the industry, not just my company, right? So that I can establish myself as someone in the industry, somebody with reputation. A leader, a leader in the industry. That's what you're looking for. That's right. right. So that just opens up more opportunities and secures, you know, whatever my financial future is in this industry, you know. But uh, Steve mentioned like the worst case, like what happens if I can't speak anymore, can't go to conferences for some reason, like, what is that? That's something I have to look into, right? I'm fully, I fully believe as long as I'm not a vegetable, I can accomplish from a computer somewhere in the world, just about anything, right? Sure. Sure. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) As long as I'm not a vegetable, I can produce. That's a good statement. That's a good line, man. That's a good way to finish this. this Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So it's, you know, I'd say this year, especially skills, is something that I've been diversifying in because I went from just being a developer to being a director and looking at the big pictures and taking responsibility of the finances because I was coasting by and still doing decent, right? But there was no plan in action. once I had this number in head and I had the idea of like, that's the lifestyle that we'll be happy with, even even inflation by that time, it's like that's that's the goal now. And I don't I don't feel any pressure around finances like I used to when I was still renting. You know, when I first got in the apartment, everything was great, and then the job I took got a hit in the money, so I wasn't making as much as I planned when I started, and then you know relationship and. Things just pile on, and there's a good number of years. It's usually it happens. Feeling like, you know, it's just overwhelming. So I was burying my head in my sand for a while. And then, you know, started seeing opportunities to uh, live in. Well, first, again, it was the commitment to say we want to live in Niagara. Didn't know when, but it was that idea, the seed, you know. Then it happened, and, you know, going into home thinking that it's going to be harder to manage and harder to do. And like everything has just worked out in spades and Perfect. keeps going in the right direction. So I mean, the things that I've been over the years slowly working to produce that now I plan to put into action this year for other revenues, you know, this is also what's going to help lead to freedom. And, you know, my, my stance and the reason why I'm going this route is to be debt free at the age of 42 is a serious accomplishment that takes all the stress away that I can keep producing these things and be more diverse in everything I do and put the money where it makes the most sense because at that point I don't care where it is as long as it's a reasonable investment that's going to build right and um, yeah I mean I'd never stop whatever I want to be doing it's going to be changing evolving you know the this industry just to keep up with it like it changes like every day so I'm still having to be on top and thankfully the work we've done this past year is still cutting edge that we've you know we're a smaller agency we kind of have that ability to do You're a bit organic. of you can we have a bit of room to play and push the yep. envelope so you know like a competitor who has a big team and did 
the same technology that we did at a very small firm, small team. You know, That's we're right. keeping a business that might not have been able to compete closer, you know, in line than it would have otherwise with another technology. So, but I'm yeah. still looking forward to to see this book. So it's not a book for now, but I'll I'll tell you the the plan for the year is I'm going to be doing one short story a week. So I've been doing. Again, talk about the diversifying. Going to read something. The diversifying is I've been I picked up Masterclass, and I've been listening to Neil Gaiman. Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Is and yeah. you know, I've heard a lot of things, and I've read a lot of things about how to do the writing process. And he just spoke to me in a way that's just like his main thing was he learned more from all the failures he completed than any of his successes. And I'm like, okay, I've failed about two to three novels now but I've never completed either of them to fail all the way. That's right. And then his focus on short stories as well is that that's where you learn. And I've always tried to run before I walk with writing. So this is basically uh, so little tangent here, but I'm doing going to be doing a one-week story with narration. Oh, so yeah. from the beginning of the week to the end of the week, I'm going to be writing, planning, drafting, editing, narrating. Rinse repeat. Okay. That's awesome. So, reasonable work count, nothing crazy, and try and just nail this shit down. So, the narration, I also prepare for audiobooks. Yeah. I also prepare for the teaching, the course I'm going to be doing. Yeah. With Pierre. So, all these steps to prepare for all these potential things you're doing. And there's ideas Iris and I have to get into D&D field with certain things and start making products and stuff there too. So, it's, you know, how do I keep moving the career? but then have something leading me to the future of the labor of love, this is my strategy. Is the, the Dungeons and Dragons thing, is that going to be the labor of love? Just being creative <laughs> in general, right? <laughs> Writing, yeah, narrating, yeah. you know, and then eventually music and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, not only am I looking at that financial journey, it's like, how do I eventually have a way of shifting it? Yeah. You know, build this thing small now that can start contributing to the extra stuff that I'm not diversifying with financially and once there's a certain point there might be like Sean Cameron right there might be a point where I can be like I'll shit or get off the pot I have to that's right the career I can do this now and it's going to sustain not only the living but also that financial future yeah so that's the plan and I've seen it done there's people who do just the development courses alone and again this is pushing credibility in my industry as soon as I start doing development courses there's there's a reputation behind it to push that in a, a local man from London. He's a millionaire from doing these courses. So it's like all the potentials right there. So that's, that's what I'm scratching at for this year to to get something rolling. Move from there. So that's I, I'm glad you said skills because that's what I've been trying to diversify. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's huge for me because I find it's like most of the time it's nothing to do with only money. Yes. It's like, what else you do, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if I say something, you know, goes wrong and I can't, for some reason, still make the same money doing web the way I am, right? You can do something there's else. There's another way in the field. Yeah. There's another way I could be consultant, right? You know, there's, there's any number of angles that I could take because, like, helping you with your, your venture, right? Yeah. Like, I don't have to even develop for you. I just have so much knowledge to help convey and get you moving in the right direction 
that's a skill that yeah. can be easily transferred to other places. So, yeah. well. All right. so kick things ways. off and do a takeaway, Mr. Cornell. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that uh, uh, your focus, and, and I heard a couple of guys here say that, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing so that they could shut down the mortgage within uh, a certain time frame. And I did not actually put a time frame to close out my, when I believed that my mortgage was going to close out. I focused on uh, everything else as they're growing so that no matter what they would cover off the mortgage or whatever and I was focused on these investments I think uh, I need to take a quick look and say hey when is this mortgage gonna close and how can I make it close sooner yeah. so what I did notice is because I pay pay into my mortgage bi-weekly I actually paid off Currently, I'm four years ahead of where I'm supposed to be. Awesome. Because, you know, you got, you got a 20-year mortgage, and my first chunk was a five-year five year mortgage, right? And they, they, they've said that at this point I'm already uh, eight years in kind of thing. And, and my mortgage is up later this year, so the idea is by the time I'm there on a five-year mortgage, I've paid almost 10 years in kind of thing so the idea is clearly speed it up yeah Remember so I like that process start calling 120 days before the, the due date call every bank every day find the lowest rate well that's what this is yeah. this is what I was showing you earlier because I have the dashboard that tells me days. daily yeah. what the what the uh, prime rate is and then what the mortgage rates are what the uh, fixed year Fixed and variable rates are. I can't remember where I, where I put them, but I had that. You gotta pass that link. <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the guy at the bank to send it to me, so I was oh, able to see send, what the send, prime send, is. Send it to both of us. Send it to yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Send yeah, it to yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, you if you're paying a mortgage, the best thing you that's do where is I learned that the average uh, the average house in Canada right now is five hundred and thirty grand. Yeah. So, all right, Brigantz. Uh, Takeaways. I have a couple of things. Um, I really like the way we started. Like I say, we're talking about assets um, versus debts, and uh, I added for myself really look into uh, like the full picture, and I added taxes. Like you know, like death and taxes. Death and <laughs> like, taxes. That's death right. and taxes. Oh, I, but I put debt and taxes. <laughs> you need to watch me, uh, Joe Black. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. I love that movie. Um, and um, one of the other takeaways, I really, um, I like that um, hands-on, like really just, I think, be consistent with being uh, your eyes on the ball, like, you know, what's happening. Yeah. I think that that's a huge, like, you know, as you shared an example, um, really, I think I do have moments every week where I'm just kind of letting it go, right? So, which is like, that's what's where I'm wasting uh, my my health yeah. financial health plus <laughs> uh, just a quick note on that um, just so you're aware I got a notice from TD that might be going to other banks that they're going to be less responsive and when people might be stealing from your accounts so you got to start watching your online account like a hawk which is why I'm happy to have that spend thing that alerts me when money gets spent yeah mine's just aware like 
they basically will say that they're not at fault if you don't catch it soon enough or something or other. So just an important note to everyone there. It's good to start paying attention to it pretty much <laughs> on a regular basis and have yeah. ways of being notified because they're going to take less responsibility in the fact that someone might have stole your card and start spending your money. Uh, wow. Well, That's the day we live in, right? The banks know what's more prevalent. And well, for some look, reason, you look at the bus here, like uh, MasterCard, right? So, like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> there was lots of uh, Capital One, MasterCard, yeah. like, lots of them, they were just, like, hacked. And, like, well, not just, so, again, it's not just your bank. Like, if you ever have a credit card saved on any potential account, they're getting, you know, hacks of every kind are hitting more and more industries, right? So, there's a potential it just came from somewhere you might have had an account to, and not just the banks themselves. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely widespread. You just take your eye off it, you you know, and you you lose it. And um, the last one for me um, uh, to take uh, to take away again diversity. I just put it for myself. I think it's definitely pay attention to my diversity. Yeah. Complete. All right. Um, I just want to start off by saying I'm really fortunate that you know. By having this talk again, like, you know, we've done well, right? Like, none of us had, like, any major failings. We're not, you know, struggling in the sense that uh, things went so awry. And even with, you know, like, yeah. some of your stuff that went down, I recovered and did did well. So Yeah. And, like, the, the skills, you know, against you're looking at different ways to change your industry if you have to because, you know... Yeah. Why, why wait for the risks, right, if there's a chance? So I'm just happy that, you know, the group, you know, we've been pushing and we're all moving in a positive direction for ourselves. So really happy with that. Um, and the other main thing is, you know, taking Steve's point to heart about, uh, and, you know, you men, is that just being smart about the diversifying that I'm not waiting too long but um, you know I have confidence in the direction I'm going but understanding that not to let just ego take that and think that nothing can happen and everything is going to be fine so a big thing I've been meaning to do which now I'll take action on is life insurance I've been holding on to the one that the bank gave me when I got the mortgage I know it's not the best one to keep I'm going to get proper life it's insurance the worst one to keep. so it's long enough and I'm definitely well within the position to do it now so to get proper life insurance for us and make sure that should anything happen to me, Iris is well set for just nothing to stress. So that's something in the first quarter I'm going to tackle. Awesome. Um, as well, the, the mortgage thing. I didn't get the best rate when I did, and I'm only just over a year, almost a year and a half into it, so I want to keep my eye on the ball on what the rate is to break it if all of a sudden the percentage goes down enough that maybe it's worth it right? the money saved is yeah it's there right so yeah it depends because I caught it at a bad time and I wasn't proactive enough I kind of waited to the month before right so uh, you know just keeping an eye on that yeah get that link from you <laughs> just why not right yeah so that's something I'm going to be proactive as well and that's sure. again it's not diversifying but it's part of keeping an eye on the ball and just making sure that's like the car thing it's like trying to find whatever you have in your life right now that you're not just losing money needlessly because you, That's right. you've been keeping an effort towards it. So, 
Okay, so that's the talk for today, and we do have a full list of dates coming up, so we'll be sharing that on the chat. We have from February straight through to January 2021, Yeah. and we have a whole bunch of topics which we're going to weave together and provide so that the whole year will be planned out, and anyone can start uh, putting them in their calendars early, and we can hope to see a lot more guests out for topics of interest that are gonna you know give us some great perspective on on the different things we'll be exploring so. well, as well as well as we, we take responsibilities by bringing right people to the talks so i think it's going to be an exciting year follow us and um, we'll try to keep it more interesting than ever, so. yep all right that's a wrap